I feel bad about it sometimes, to be honest, because uh, their old drummer, Ben, he's like super nice guy. He's awesome. And then they're like, yeah, but like you play drums this yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it again from You're Not Hardcore. One, two, three. I actually realized I have two Bevs, and I was like, I was just like rushing around, and I didn't realize I grabbed one for the fridge. So I, I'm actually going to make you pick. Between, okay. you know, it's off camera, so you don't see, but uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, one will sponsor the episode and one won't. So we'll have to see what happens. Uh, okay. <laughs> but without further ado, uh, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. This is another episode of the Scoped Exposure podcast. Uh, we're not traveling anywhere geographically today. We're staying right here in Calgary, and I am very excited to chat with uh, Brock, who is a drummer here plays in uh mace and a band called set straight um gone to a number of hardcore shows filmed your you know projects a couple times so i'm really excited to be having you on the show officially yeah hell yeah i'm excited to be here (laughs) yeah um yeah i i think um you know brock and i have again been able to connect a lot through the different things happening in calgary hardcore prior to the pandemic and you know there there might be a little you know uh, potential of things, you know, coming up in the fall, um, you know, th- doing any shows in the, in the winter is not for the faint of heart. Uh, even if you are Canadian, you did grow up here. It's not like the easiest thing to pack all your drums into the, you know, into the car when it's minus 20 degrees. But, um, yeah, I'm stoked to have you on the show, man. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, Brock, I, I think you've checked out a couple episodes um, of other people that, you know, are either mutual of, of ours or maybe people in bands that, uh, that you like. Uh, but you know that we like to check some bevs before we get into the music chats. So tell me what you're going to be bringing to the show. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much of the preamble I'll include, but you might have to choose a bev for me. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Today I just got water. Yes. You know, it's good. It's just straight up water. It's good, you know. It's hot out. Well, it's cold in my house, but it's hot outside. So yeah. Currently, as far as the time we're recording this, uh, Calgary has gone through a, a a crazy heat wave. So as soon as Brock jumped into the Zoom, I was like, "How are you wearing a, a hoodie right now, my guy?" Like that's as not the article of clothing that I would choose. But you know, if you got AC, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, but what is the water straight out of the tap? You got a little door kind of set up. Like tell me I got I got this like little filter thing, you just like fill it up in the sink or whatever, you just put it in the fridge, it filters mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always the go-to. It's like it's not straight out of the tap, it's it's a little it's gone through a, a couple processes to uh to make it the best water that you can be. Um yeah. so Here's the issue. I was like rushing to this podcast because the one I just did prior was like running a little behind. And, uh, you know, I want to be sensitive of Brock's time. So I, I grabbed a can out of the fridge, but I also made a bev. So I don't know if I should show you or just have you blindly choose on which one I uh, I use. Do you want to uh, do you think it's better to show or what are your thoughts? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing out if I don't see the other one, too. So that's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. So 
here, I'll, I'll give you the two. So the first, I made like a, a nice dirty chai um, from our Bev sponsor from Say, Say When. Uh, like, pre- let me preface this. Whichever you choose, I'll probably drink both, like if I'm being <laughs> completely honest. Um, so we got that. But then I came home from, from traveling and Bryn bought this like vine. So it's oh, yeah. a hop-infused sparkling water. So... I, I, it's like a non-alcoholic sparkling water, but it has hops or hop extract in it. Uh, I had one of these yesterday and I really liked it. So again, you know, I shows that my planning was not hundred percent. So maybe you can, you can let me know which is the official Bev to check, but realistically I'll probably drink both. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. I love coffee so much. Like it's sick. So I'm going to have to go with the, that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be drinking the dirty chai maybe halfway through this. I'll drink this, but uh, either way, cheers to you, Brock. Um, stoked to have you on the show and chat about some uh, music shit. Mm-hmm. Are you uh pretty on your hydration game outside of like the heat wave <laughs> is concerned? <laughs> Wait, uh, sorry, what was that? Oh, I was just asking, do you drink a lot of water or are you like always forgetting like I should drink more water? Like where, where do you fall on the scale of that? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of strange. I mean, I try to drink as much water as I can, but um, I don't know, there'll be days where I just like, I'll sleep in a lot and then like I got some stuff to do, then I got to go to work and then it's like, yeah, just don't, not the top priority of the day i guess <laughs> right right yeah yeah there's definitely days where i like will feel great and i'll drink three glasses and i'm like look at me go and then there's weeks where i'm like i haven't drank any water in the last four days like so um yeah it's a, uh, it's 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 something that you have to practice probably <laughs> versus just like let me just down a, an entire liter of water in one go and feel good about that um <laughs> But yeah, Brock, stoked to have you on the show. Um, so we've checked some bevs. Um, I always like to ask any new guest that comes on the show, uh, just getting a little bit of context about how they got into heavy music. Um, and, you know, I think there's, you know, a little bit of a, I, I always try to keep in mind, like, when I ask that of wh- whatever guest comes on the show, like, you know, what is kind of the age range that they're kind of in and when realistically were they like first listening to music? You know, some some people might, you know, like the guest that I had on before was like 10 years older than me. So like, you know, some of her first hardcore shows, I was like one at the time. So I always am interested on that. So tell me about some of those formative records and moments for you of just like getting like discovering hardcore and what that meant for you. Okay, well, so like right at the beginning of whenever I first started getting to music and stuff, I was like super young. I was like, like five or six, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would, I had this babysitter that used to pick me up from school, take me back home, look after me until my parents got home from work. Mm-hmm. And um, she would play Billy Talent in the car all the time. So like, oh okay, yeah, yeah. but like, they're like the first music that I started to really like. They they have like some heavy moments and stuff, but um, yeah, I got really into them. And then I just started like looking at a bunch of bands that were like them and similar to them and that stuff like that. And then it wasn't until a little bit later, whenever I started discovering like, I don't know, like Three Days Grace or um, I don't know, they're like a lot of the 
emo stuff like Pierce the Veil and Sleeping with Sirens and stuff sure. like that. And then, I don't know, all those bands, they have like, they have aggressive parts, they have melodic parts, you know, stuff like that. And I couldn't really pinpoint where hardcore came into came into my life. Um, I just like, like really liked exploring a lot of new music. And I just eventually started finding heavier music and stuff. I would play, um, I would just play music with my friends. They would show me stuff, I would show them stuff. And it was mm. cool. Never really knew like, oh, this is hardcore or this is like pop punk or this is like rock or right. anything like that. Um, so, uh, eventually, um, I was, I was into like, really into like taking photos and videos and stuff. Mm, okay. And so that's a little bit besides the point, but I was out taking photos and on 17th Ave up on my house, there used to be a drum stop, a drum store called beat it. Oh, and okay. Hmm. Yeah. There's like this really nice old guy that worked there. And, um, I just, I was like, fuck, I'm bored. I'm walking around. I may as well go inside. So I went inside and, uh he just talked to me like how long you've been playing drums for i'm like i have never picked up a drumstick before or anything like that sure and so i walked in there and i don't know he just decided to show me like the store and everything mm. and um like i was into it it was cool like the store was it looked cool um drums were loud it was it was like a little scary at first but he started playing some stuff he showed me his re- rehearsal space in the basement he taught me how to play a few beats and stuff like that mm. um yeah, eventually I got a drum kit and I set up in my garage and I was just plugging in my headphones and playing along to like different songs and stuff like um, played a lot of Billy Talent. Back then I was really into like just like a weird mix of music, just like a lot of everything because mm. there wasn't any like specific music at that point that I was like really into. Mm. So I started playing drums uh, my mom signed me up for like this like music school thing it's like you go in and they get you up together with a bunch of kids and they teach you songs and they teach you how to play together as a band and stuff like mm, that yeah 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 so then um this one kid that went there he was friends with well, i used to be friends with zach from set straight the vocalist mm-hmm. yeah and he was like he messaged me he was like yo dude i know you play drums um, me and Zach are trying to start up a project. Um, come over, uh, can we come over tomorrow? Like learn these two songs. They sent me like two counterpart songs. And we're like, yeah, learn these songs. And I listened to them. Very was, like, intricate drumming for like the next day we're jamming. <laughs> yeah. So I just listened to it like that entire night. And I, uh, in the morning, whenever like my parents weren't sleeping and shit, um, mm-hmm. I tried, I just kept trying to play it. Like wasn't great right off the bat, but. I don't know. They came over, we played and stuff. And that's pretty much how I met Zach. Uh, me and Zach aren't really friends with that kid anymore, you know, whatever. Um, but eventually, uh, uh, Zach, Colby, and I think Ben at the time, uh, they're all jamming. They had their project going and everything. Um, and they needed a second guitarist. So eventually they, um, invited me to play guitarist for them because oh. they wanted to have like two guitarists, a bassist, drummer, vocalist, uh, that sort of lineup. And I started playing guitar for them. I wasn't great at guitar. Um, my mom just bought me a, gr- a guitar for my birthday one year and I kept playing and stuff. I wasn't bad, but you know, um, so yeah, after 
after that, we, we had a few practices and everything. One day they helped me walk my gear back to my house. And there was like this big guitar cab in there. And Kobe was like, yo, you got to let me try playing that thing. And then um, I was playing my drums. He started playing riffs. So I started playing drums. And they were like, yo, you're pretty good at drums. So then, <laughs> you're like, that's like, what I actually started with. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that's actually what I play more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like going back to it, like did you have, like was there a desire for you to play drums before you went into this drum store? And this guy is like kind of like forming you into being a drummer. Like was there a desire before that? Or was that like if you didn't walk into that store, would you have ever played drums? Well, I was into music. So like, I like the idea of drums. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You make music with these things. Right. Mm-hmm. So whenever I went to the store, I was like, yeah, this is sick. Um, but I never like had a real desire to like play drums. I never really thought about it before, but after that, he started showing me stuff. I was like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I kept going to that shop like a few times. Um, and then yeah, I eventually just bought my own drum kit and started practicing from home and stuff like that. Like, I'd say the dude that owned that shop there definitely, like, kind of started, um, like, got me into playing drums because, like, I don't think if it wasn't for that shop and that guy, like, I probably wouldn't have cared much to pick up an instrument or anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's been, you know, lots of stories in my life and just people that have come on this podcast where, you know, small instances or moments where, whether at a show or like doing something that like affects you for like, you know, without that happening, I might not have, uh, you know, started a label or like started to book my own shows or whatever it is. So I, I love that, um, that idea where it's like, you're just like, Oh, I'm just going to go in and check it out. And then it's like, you know, over time, you know, kind of be like, Whoa, like, what are all these, these big tubes and like, I can hit them and this one sounds deeper and this one sounds a uh, higher in tone or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I love that. I love that idea of just like, um, you know, having that place at the right time to be able to, uh, you know, put you on the drum path. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that guy who showed me a bunch of stuff. That was really cool. I went to that little music school. Um, it was it was cool at the time, but like, yeah, I don't know. It got to the point where I was like, yeah, these kids, they aren't in, into it as me anymore, I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah. And Were you doing like, okay, everyone's got to pick a song and we all cover it at the, at the same time or, you know, some like well, dad rock stuff or, or what, were, <laughs> what were you guys playing? Well, um, so the owners and or the owner and the instructors there used to like pick all the songs and stuff they used to do different themes for different seasons right like um we would play a season like they did a van's warp tour one they did like an 80s hair metal Hmm. you know stuff like that Uh, just different themes and stuff um and then we would have to learn songs that they pick and then play it like at little shows and stuff around Hmm. yeah and so yeah, that's how I got introduced to Zach and everything. I started playing guitar in Set Straight. Um, yeah, guitar, I wasn't really into it at the time. Uh, that didn't come till like a little bit later, like whenever I was throwing up Mason stuff, but we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, quickly, I wanted to ask you, like the, not like it was a forced band practice, but you know, it's through a music school and there's like, kind of like a a hidden agenda of like, we're trying to make this performance for the parents who are paying for your music lessons and blah, blah, blah. Do you, do you like, I I've, I've always, you know, look back at like the earlier stuff that I was doing. 
um and you know there there were moments of that but like there was also like i learned a lot being like in a friend's basement and just like like for lack of a better term dicking around on like trying to cover this song or write this ridiculous thing or whatever so did you did do you feel like you got any value from like being in that like music school and you're like intentionally covering a song versus if you were like just jamming with homies who all liked a similar style of music well so i really i really liked how um like well learning new music that i wouldn't like usually like choose to play to and stuff it really opened up like how like my uh influences and stuff like how i like to how i play my drums and stuff like um carries over a lot into other stuff but i don't know um so i signed up there because my mom really originally just she just like yeah if you're gonna play drums you may as well like learn how to play with other people why not who knows maybe you'll really like it Mm -hmm. i was hesitant at first um i thought it was really cool at first because there i was getting drum lessons i was playing songs with other kids which i've never done before it was like it was like so much fun and everything then after a while playing there it was like um we're just playing shows for like a group of parents and like really really young kids and stuff right and it was I was playing there I was like yeah I mean I've played in front of like this group of like 10 parents like a hundred times um <laughs> like I'm paying money to be there um I'm like I don't know I'm like not really into playing like 80s hair metal for example yeah as much as or like rush or um like other stuff like that sort of thing like uh, like classic rock and stuff mm-hmm. wasn't really my thing like i'd play it yeah i'd be able to play it but it's just not really what gets me going for sure <laughs> i guess so so yeah. yeah tell me when like hardcore was kind of making its way into the picture and you're like oh like i'm seeing these bands play and there's actually like a give and take between the band and the people that are at the show whether they're you know, moshing or scream, singing along. How, how, how did that kind of make its way into your life? Uh, well, that was, well, the first, like, so whenever um, that old friend uh, showed me counterparts was like my first, like, like, yeah, these guys thing have like a specific thing. Like, cause you know, they have like their specific sound, their aesthetic, that sort of thing. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. Like, that's pretty sick. I, I, I've, I've hung with that and then they're asking me to cover these songs at their band practice I was like yeah I'm down to do that like that's so much more sick I'm way more into that than um what I'm doing at this music school right um, yeah and whenever I try to play it and everything I was like this is so much more fun uh it's more challenging a lot more challenging yes. going from like ACDC to like counterparts so um yeah, there, yeah there's something to be said about like an ACDC style beat in like a hardcore song but if you're only doing that and not being able to like have that flair that maybe a band like counterparts has like i think that's i i I love that you just said that that you know you were looking into a world that you didn't really know but it was like this has a lot more technicality and almost like skill set that i would need to apply versus like i could literally read the music you know at my you know at my uh music school or whatever yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah i don't know like 
I got bored of the old school and this was something that was new, super new to me. And it seemed super cool and everything. I didn't, at that point, I didn't know anything about like the culture behind it. I didn't know what moshing was. I didn't know what a hardcore show was like. Right, right, right. My interpretation of a concert was either like, yeah, like Metallica is going to town or like, um, or just like me and my friends at like the music school shows just playing in front of like our parents or something. Like I didn't really... (laughs) I didn't really know anything outside of that little bubble, I guess you could say. And uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, we had those band practices, whatever, it didn't work out. Then uh, Zach went over with other friends instead of that like old friend that we used to have. Um, Started playing with Seth Strait. I joined in with a guitar. Um, I just ended up playing drums in front of them at our band practice. And they're like, yo, that's sick. And then... I feel bad about it sometimes, to be honest, because uh, their old drummer, Ben, he's like super nice guy. He's awesome. And then they're like, yeah, but like you play drums this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. So you kind of have to like, you know, like respectively, like maybe I'm not the best guitar player, but, you know, I can do this. And then, yeah, that's how that thing kind of. Um, and and this is, uh, you know, this is well before you guys' first show, because the first show, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly, was, um, I guess the end of 2019, like October ish. It was, um, yeah, it was with Plead and Ugly, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, I don't think we played that one. Um, oh, you know, it, it could be something else, but I know it was at Sloth. Yeah, it was at Sloth. It mm-hmm. was Fuse and Gate. Uh, Crafter. Oh was- yes, yeah, yeah. That was the Crafter tour that they canceled, and then it was like Fuse and Game, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a, a, a couple things mixed up there. <laughs> yeah, back whenever. Yeah, like whenever Crafter was like, "Yo, we're breaking up on tour," and then they told set us uh, set straight that, and he was like, "Yo, can you go tell the promoter that?" <laughs> oh yeah yeah not not to throw that band under the bus or throw shade or whatever but it was because i saw them at snow and flurry fest and then it was like on stage they're like yeah this band is breaking up and everyone was like wait what's what's happening and then like i was talking to the vocalist like hey we're playing with you when you come through calgary in, in a couple days and he's like oh yeah and then clearly that didn't happen so yeah <laughs> anyways so so that show, okay, yeah. So the timeline was correct. The lineup was not. So it was November 2019. Um, so you doing the switch from guitar to drums was like, how 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 much time is there in between those events? Uh, well, so I was like playing the drums the whole time, pretty much. Just guitar was like kind of a side thing that I would do every once in a while. I was never really good at it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, so I joined Sit Straight or was playing, we would, practice we would write new songs and everything uh going up to the uh set straights for a show but in between that time whenever i first started playing drums for them mm. and um uh and the first show uh, i started picking up my guitar more often um like uh because well when we were in the process of writing the songs for the first show and everything um I downloaded GarageBand on my computer and I was just like trying to record stuff, whatever. And then in between those band practices and stuff, I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing this. This is fun. 
so I picked up my guitar and I tried to write riffs and stuff like horribly off time and like not sounding very good because I didn't play guitar I played drums and then mm. I tried writing riffs and everything I tried recording drums to that and stuff like that just try to get a better idea of what we're playing and everything so I can like listen back to ideas and stuff mm. and uh, that's actually how Mace started was just me trying to record stuff on guitar mm. and okay. like um so yeah mace's demo we did like a seven song lp which is like a little strange for like a demo but <laughs> right <laughs> just coming out of the gate swinging yeah <laughs> so yeah we dropped that i don't know it's not my it's not my favorite work but i like it for what it is because it's just like you, it was like you gotta just get it out and just you know keep keep rolling on new on new stuff so yeah mm-hmm. so put that out there i was really into that um max the vocalist of mace and who's um also playing bass now in set straight mm-hmm. um yeah he was like i knew he was like kind of into some heavy stuff so i texted him one day while i was at school and i was like hey i've been like recording some stuff at home like do you know how to do vocals at all and he was like no and i'm like okay well can you like yell really loud and he was like yeah <laughs> Like, all right, we'll come over. There's Let's not much of a that. difference between those two things. <laughs> Can you do vocals? I'm not sure. Can you yell really loud? <laughs> probably. All right. We could probably figure it out from there. Well, he eventually got his technique down, but it started out with just like <laughs> going at it. <laughs> right. For sure. So, yeah, you can- so, yeah. So, you guys, um, so I guess like Mace kind of started as you're like, I'm playing drums in set straight the school hard hardcore band but i also want to scratch the itch of of playing guitar as well and just like see what i could do in that area and that that became a band uh out of that yeah like both guitar and recording like kind mm-hmm. of both sure. recording just both together just like getting more into that as well mm-hmm. so um would you also like demo set straight stuff um like prior to you guys recording with the chans or um was it only kind of in the mace realm that you were doing anything recording wise it was mostly in the mace realm that i was like recording demos and stuff for um i did make demo tracks for when we went to go record with the chans Mm -hmm. um yeah i just like programmed a bass and then like programmed drums and stuff and like you know what i can follow along to this we're recording drums anyways so i was figuring like yeah if i can follow along to it then if they can follow along to the drums then you know (laughs) right right yeah, they know what they're playing. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so the timeline of this again um, is because Mace has played. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have played one show. We played or two. It's one or two. Uh, three actually. Oh, okay. Like add one oh, two, and then you get the actual amount, which is three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we got. Um, our first show it was just like it wasn't really a show show we just kind of invited like a bunch of our friends and played in my garage just oh cause... okay yeah 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 because i thought and... i thought when the i i saw if i'm remembering the show correctly i think i saw that and i was like because i had saw you guys like you know you followed the scoped instagram i was like oh okay this is like brock's other band um but then it was like oh yeah we played a show it was like did i not see a flyer or something like that like i'm I'm trying to be on top of that as much as i can but i guess it was like was it kind of like a spontaneous thing that you guys wanted to do 
it was decently spontaneous yeah i don't know it was summer we were bored we we're looking for stuff to do it was like yeah we should play in a, we play in a band you know like let's practice let's play a show in front of our friends and stuff and it was a lot of fun we it was just like 10 15 people uh in my garage we were playing it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. stuff like that um uh then our second show we played like just like literally across the street from my house like that way there's like this community hall okay. here in Rick and um we uh we rented out that place and we got it was like a really weird bill we got like two noise bands oh for, like okay noise sets. i don't know i was just trying to put on a show i didn't like i don't know i wasn't thinking about it mm. like the way i think about things now like yeah i don't know <laughs> it was strange i it was just like these people are in calgary cool mm. um noise set noise set pop punk deathcore then beat down <laughs> so <laughs> it was strange but you know it worked out <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. um yeah yeah because i i think you guys um have kind of like gone under not under the radar but like you know i i haven't seen that like proper debut in my opinion of like playing like you know you know you guys are definitely leaning in that beat down space but like like I know Calgary hardcore has a lot of like heavy metallic roots. So like beat down is, you know, is wildly welcome, I think. Um, so yeah, I just haven't seen that proper debut and, and maybe there's like a self judgment of like, Oh man, like this, this Calgary band has, has played three times and I haven't been able to catch any of the sets, let alone film it and put it on the channel. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's just been wild how it's like, yeah, we, let's let's do this sporadic show with all these friends and then like hey I, like it, it's clear that you guys just wanted to like to play and it didn't really matter about like who with or like you know at what scale or anything like that yeah i think nowadays we're more like we have better grasp on like how things like work really <laughs> sure. it's like it's like but my whole music career like how I was getting into it is all pretty spontaneous. Like, yeah, play drums, like uh play guitar on the side, uh play counterparts, uh <laughs> record demos, do the you know, like right. it was pretty quick into it. But I think after doing that for a while, like a couple a few, like two or three years now. Hmm. Um yeah, I've been like doing that. It's I don't know, just things make more sense. Like right. I've been like trying to learn more about like marketing and branding and stuff like that for our bands and stuff. Sure. Um, stuff like that as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Shows that I've played, like the only real like shows that I think have made any sort of impact on the uh, hardcore community in Calgary is like with Set Straight mm. because I think that has a lot to do with Colby and Zach being friends like as many with as many people as they can in hardcore yeah that's one thing that i hear a lot is about like everyone goes to hardcore shows and they talk to each other and make friends and everything and everyone supports each other Mm. and i think that's awesome but for me um i've always been like more of a quiet kid and like shy and everything and i I would go to shows and stuff and i would never really um talk to a lot of people like i would just be sitting off to the side and like bog my head like I was in, I was having a great time, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really talk to a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I think that's a, an interesting point you bring up because 
I, I think about that constantly where like going to a hardcore show is a very like um, outgoing kind of like experience. And if you're like uh, it more of an introverted person, like you want to go to the show, but it like requires a lot of energy or it might not be your primary way that you would socialize with people. Right. But yeah. it's like, you know, we we've been in in the pandemic for so long that it's like clear in, in, in my opinion that like people that you know wherever they lean on that they're like they still want to go to a show they want they want to have that live experience like you know listening to a a certain record just on spotify on repeat like doesn't do the same justice as seeing that band execute those songs in a live setting so um and and on that point too you know i i i i definitely know that i'm a little bit more of like an outgoing person you know like to connect with lots of friends but i've you know, had a realization through this podcast is that I don't feel truly connected to these people that I get to see on an ongoing basis at shows if I don't get to have a one-on-one conversation uh, like we're doing right now. Like there isn't, yeah. like half the time there isn't a time to do that because there's, you know, you know, you're you're talking to someone and then someone walks by and you're like, now it's like a three-person conversation. And th- then that person leaves and then it's like, okay, well, you know, did I make any actual like groundwork on, you know, f- you know, my friends or whatever. So, yeah. um, so that's been kind of interesting for me as far as like, you know, like we've crossed paths multiple times. I remember, you know, you know, we're in the middle of a conversation and then someone on the streets is like giving us a hard time. And then we're like, kind of like, you know, joking with them and then, you know, joke with each other after, but, you know, learning about you and how like you came into this space is, you know, you know, this is the first time for myself that I'm hearing it. And, and I'm sure like a couple, a couple other people, you know, that I know who are in Calgary hardcore, who are going to be listening to this, mine are probably going to say, say the same. They're like, I know Brock, but I don't know how Brock came into this space. So I, I personally love that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to realize like how I explain, like how I got into it and like my timeline is like a little bit like, yeah, anyway, (laughs) um, going to shows like on that topic, um, back whenever I was first, like the, like whenever me and Zach's friend invited, like started the band practice, whatever, um, that's whenever I started hearing about shows and stuff like that kid would send me shows that are happening. Zach would send me a few shows. I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's go see what's, what this is like live. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know about like pits or anything like that. So I showed up, it was like a million degrees out. I pulled up to a commons church and mm-hmm. I think it was like, uh, enemies maybe uh, like ingrown um oh and regional justice center yeah yep i remember that show very vividly (laughs) awesome yeah yeah it it was very hot in uh in that basement i i will say that yep very very warm yeah um yeah so i went to that show i talked to a few people i brought a few friends there Hmm. um zach and that other kid were there we were talking um yeah, uh, I was lucky enough to meet uh, Evan Shaw there. Mm-hmm. He was very nice. I didn't talk to him much. Like, I talked to him a few times, so I can't really say that, like, um, like I can't really say that he was, like, a big part of my uh, introduction into hardcore, but, like, he was nice. I talked to him a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and he was promoting that show and everything. And so, yeah, the band started playing and then everyone was like, um, like moshing and like opening everything up and everything. I was like, yo, what's going on? And then, um, yeah, everyone was going at it. The bands were going at it. I was like, dude, this is sick. And then like, I don't know, there's just like watching it all happen. And it's like, you just see the bands going at it. They're like, they're clearly having a great time that people like moshing in there and everything. They're clearly having a great time. Like, even though they're like, you know, um, like hitting each other and sit they're like have a smile on their face they're like wow that's like sick yeah, yeah. So i was like <laughs> okay i can do that i walk through get clocked right away <laughs> and then I, yeah for like the rest of the show i didn't go back in and then like the show after that i didn't go back in mm. but then after a while i started getting like back into it and stuff and i was like um i don't know it took a few like shit kickings to like be okay with it but right (laughs) yeah it is it is that weird thing where like if you've never experienced like like i'm sure a lot of kids when they're like before they get into hardcore experience like a push pit so it's just everyone like bouncing around like their pop popcorn kernels ready to be popped or whatever um but like the difference with hardcore is that it's like there is a lot of different ways that people are going off, right? Like there's people that are maybe jumping on the stage to jump off. And even, even on that alone, like people might front flip, people might like kind of go to the side, maybe they just fall, you know, forward. Um, and the same thing goes with moshing. Like some people will, you know, throw their arms. Some people will just two step. Um, so when you're like, uh, like a new fish in a big pond and you just go in like, you know, blindly, obviously like you might get a kick or a, a fist to the face or whatever it is, but it is, mm. it is that funny thing where that happens and that doesn't like, like your brain is not wired to be like, that's fucked or I'm hurt. I'm leaving. Like, you're just like, Oh, okay. That's what that's about. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think that's just like so interesting that it is such like, um, not like a true test, but it is like that weird thing where like, okay, if you can take a fist and then you like start to learn like, oh, okay, this is how some of these things happen, but it's not, you don't default into like, oh, I got punched and that's a bad thing, you know? Yeah, like I walked into that kind of environment, like seeing what's happening, like knowing that I'm new to this Mm -hmm. and like, this is the way things work here. Yes. So I like walk into it as like, oh, so they're doing this here. That's cool. Like usually when I approach things like that, it's like, okay, I'm the new guy here. I'm going to experience what's happening here. And if I'm like, I'm just going to choose whether or not I'm going to stick with it or be like, maybe not my thing. And then yeah, yeah, like it was a little strange at first, like, but seeing it was like, I kind of got it, you know, it was like, it wasn't like, yo, what the hell's going on? Right. Do we have to break this up? You're like, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. yeah like i got it and um eventually i started participating in stuff but yeah i don't know um i never went to like a shit ton of shows or anything i never moshed a shit ton i never talked to a whole lot of people but i don't know my still still my experience with it is like i've been a few people i've had great times and everything at shows mm-hmm. um uh yeah i don't know i think at this point my goal based on those experiences to I just want to play shows like that mo- mm. for the most part because yeah. it like so much. It just looks like so much fun. Yeah, and it's. I've had it. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. I think it is that thing where 
you see it and then you're like, oh, I can actually write music that like invites that same thing. And like, it's super rewarding to have like, like I remember in each band that I've played in, like that one show that was the craziest, like I like, I, I won't name the bands because like, not like any of the dudes in either of the bands are going to listen and be like, oh, that show. But one band I was playing in, it was, we were the direct, I think we were direct support for a band that had like a seated release party. Um, oh, so, yeah. they, so they were headlining and we were playing like just before them. And like, we like something happened in our set where like it, like that was the first time ever that I've had anyone like stage dive to like, you know, a band that I was playing in. And it was like multiple stage divers multiple times. And I, it was like, just, you felt the energy in the room. And I think we kind of like showed up the band that was headlining, which I kind of felt bad about, but like low key, like that's pretty badass that we're like, got a better response than this other band. They're all, they, at the time they're all friends of mine, but um, I thought that was just like, again, I remember that so vividly in my mind because it was like, I've gone to shows where, you know, counterparts or comeback kid or any of those bands would have that same response and to have that attainableness in like such a, you know, for me was like, wow. Okay. Like if I can do this, what else can I do within, within this space? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that drew me into wanting to play hardcore shows as well is because, um, well, if you look at hardcore shows online, like no matter like the site, like the size of the band obviously there'll be more people bigger venues and stuff but you can still look and see like it's almost like everyone started like kind of at the same sort of place like everyone like plays like a show with like 10 15 people or something and then they grow like the more they play and everything like that and i don't mm-hmm. know just no matter who i search up there's always like a video of like a small show not that many people there but there's still it's still like a great show you know it's like people are going off and everything mm-hmm. and i think i looked at it and i was like well hey maybe i can do that and then like even at like the even at like the smaller level i can still feel like i can still feel like uh, i don't know how to describe it it's like um i can still feel like i'm doing the same thing as these people that i look up to right mm-hmm. at, I got you. At, at that level yeah mm-hmm. yeah like, yeah it's, it's crazy and and i think it's even uh super cool to see you know the you know the younger generation of calgary hardcore like even just like the age like you know coming you know originally growing up in winnipeg like the age the average age for people at a hardcore show was like definitely over the age of 18 and we didn't really have like that younger generation um and then coming to calgary and seeing kids like you and zach and colby and like a number of other uh people um like a start cool bands and b just like be at like even just be in the fucking room that was like so so rewarding um and just really really cool to see so it 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 feels like a huge accomplishment for any of of you um any of you guys where it's like um any big show opportunity where people are kind of giving that back to you and you know even just having your friends going off like i think that's just cool because then it just feels like the the legacy and the generation just like kind of continues on because like hardcore is such like a like i was talking with the person before our call like hardcore is such like a youth focused music genre and you know 
when when we didn't have like you kids around it was like oh like everyone here is like well into their 20s and like having other things come into the mix in their life so it is such like a breath of fresh air in my opinion to have bands like set straight bands like mace um just like exist and again that inspires other kids to like to come check it out maybe start their own bands and then the snowball starts to build from there absolutely yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i think another thing is um like like i mentioned before like the whole like different like hardcore bands just have like their different aesthetics and stuff like that like mm-hmm. counterpart for example has a very distinguishable one um I don't know, just off of the top of my head, I guess. But um, I don't know. I think something like that is a lot more palatable to how kids are these days mm, because, okay. um, I don't know, I think, like, a lot of people, if you look at, um, I don't know, I just think it's something that's very in, in, like, high school kids, for example. Mm. So I think, um, like, around school or something, like, there's, a, there's not a lot of people that I'll meet at school that listen to the same kind of music that I listen to. Mm. But um, when I show them something, like, uh, usually if I show someone something like that, I'll show them a music video or something so that they can, like, really get it and not just hear, like, the screams, like, oh, I don't like this, it's screaming or whatever. I right. show them, like, it's so easy to show someone, like, what it's all about and everything in, like, a music video or something and, like, show yeah. them, their, show them, like, um, show them the culture, through, show them stuff like that just through a video or something. And then a lot of people... I don't know. For, there's something about it that I think like a lot of people get right away uh-huh. about it. And um, I don't know. I think it's just a good way to, I don't know. It's, it's easier to bring more friends into it. I don't know. At school, I'm trying, at least whenever school, uh, whenever shows come back after this pandemic, I'm going to try to get as many as my friends from school there as possible. Just like, even if they don't come back, whatever, you know, uh-huh. at least I'm trying to like, I don't know. I, I just really want like more kids to come for like, you know, for those same reasons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I love that you brought up just like using uh, the visuals of hardcore to kind of like further explain it because, you know, it's very easy to listen. If you're just like, Hey, here's Madball, Here's the record. And you're listening to it. Like it's very easy to be like, I don't like this. And then it's over. But if you were like, Hey, here's a Madball set. And, you know, like people are going off and going crazy. Um, Like, I feel like Turnstile is a band that like, I think has put like, you know, they've been around for a long time, but I think that they've, you know, now they're on like a major label and I'm sure that they're bringing new kids in um, to that space that like, you know, they're like, oh, this is like rock music. It's like, well, like, no, they're a hardcore band, but you know, they're, they've evolved and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, just, just using them as an example, like, you could show anyone a turnstile live set from this is hardcore or, or anything. And like most of the time people are just like in awe. They're like, everyone's spinning and jumping on top of each other. And the bass player, like, like put his bass down and then just jumped off. Like what's going on. So I think that it's such a powerful thing, you know, like for live sets and music videos to show that aesthetic and style, like you were saying, versus just here's the headphones on and like, you know, people are going to quickly decide if it's audio only, you know, whether they like that style of music or not, but maybe they'll become a little bit more open to it if they know like, 
oh, like this is how like the music is uh, being interacted with, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. One thing um, that comes to mind whenever I think of stuff like that as well is how a lot of like rappers and stuff like that are kind of trying to is are trying to get like a piece of that as well. Mm-hmm. For example, yeah, yeah. Suicide Boys or something like that. Um, they've got like they've got a lot of stuff that you would hear like a hardcore vocalist doing um, and stuff like that. Uh, you would. And as well as like, um, like them making like actual hardcore records and stuff, like just out of the blue. Like, um, I think that's really cool to bring like a lot of new kids and stuff like that. So whenever I'm explaining like, oh yeah, I don't know. Have you heard like, the, uh, have you, oh, what are you doing Ghost Man or something, mm-hmm. for example? Um, they'd be like, uh, like, I don't know, it's something that maybe they've already heard or into or that, like, um, I don't know, it's easier for them to get into because sure. of, like, the way being social works in school or something. Like, I don't know, for example, I get picked on for me like a metalhead kid, whatever. That's just what they think of me. But if, at least if I can relate to be like, oh, did you hear that hardcore record that Ghostman just put out or something like mm. They're like, oh, yeah, I did. That was sick. And like, yeah, well, that's like, you should hear more. They're like, my band plays stuff like that or something. It's exactly. already something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think like there are a lot more crossovers that probably either of us like actually know about when it comes to like, you know, hardcore is a world that we make within our own world. And there's like, there is some preservation there. Um, but there are like ways that we can latch on to people versus like, just throwing them into the into the gallows and being like, listen to Trapped Under Ice, listen to like sick of it all, sick of it all. Like, like some people need that deep dive, but I think most of the time they need those um, those bridge bands. Like for me, like Trapped Under Ice was one of those bands where it's like, oh, I understand like the like the more punk maybe production, but like it's still like harder. Like some of the you know like metal stuff that I'm listening to. And then that opened my palate to a lot of other stuff when I was growing up. And I think it's the same way. It's like someone could be like obsessed with metal and then they could listen to like Kublai Khan. And it's like Kublai Khan maybe not might not be like a hardcore band, but they're like way closer to being a hardcore band than they are like a metal band. Right. So like they've played, you know, basement shows and garage shows and things like, you know, they've gone through that gauntlet. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important, like you were saying, if you're if you're trying to actively get in your friends either at school or in your workplace that you like, I know you kind of know what a breakdown is. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I can convince you to um, to give some of this stuff a shot at, at the very least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. So um so set straight and mace are the bands that, that you're playing in um both of you guys have put out releases um kind of during the pandemic um you know mace has played a couple shows i think set straight's only played three shows as well because i i know that i've filmed all of those yeah uh set straight two of them yeah yeah so there was the slash show there and... oh there was two. Oh yeah you, you are right so yeah there was a slash show and then you guys played at Neverland with us again. Um, yep. Yeah. And I think that was the, the changeover because uh, when Zach came on the podcast, he was talking about like, 
you guys wrote a bunch of material for that show and then you're like we actually like this is not the style of music that you want that we want to be playing or have for a demo so they're like it was crazy because when i got the footage for that second set straight show i was like holy crap like this band's so heavy now like it was just like <laughs> okay there's like some cool like harder hardcore stuff and then the second was like is this a metalcore band i i'm i'm so confused what's going on <laughs> yeah but, but um yeah so you both bands have put out different releases um you know set straight did the demo at the end of last year and then the mace release just came out a couple months ago if i'm remembering that correctly uh yeah so we released the set straight demo uh closer to the end of 2019 and or tw- 2020 uh, right or or wait yeah 20 no no right 2020 yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then um yeah so that was sick um yeah definitely a lot different from how we started out and it's gonna be in that demo is a little bit different than what i think we're heading towards oh, i don't know we're okay. kind of like really defining like like pinpointing what we want to do and stuff like that sure. um yeah. And then as far as Mace goes, our sound is definitely changing a lot. Um, we started off, I don't even know how to describe what we were. It was like some kind of beat down deathcore, metalcore, like everything, <laughs> mixture, whatever. Sure. And we put out this one EP called Paranoia. It's like very beat down and deathcore type stuff, but it has a lot of, it has some hardcore stuff in it, but I think mainly like beat down stuff mm-hmm. and then um our most recent uh ep that released is just three songs it's titled suffocating um it there's definitely some death core in it there's definitely some hardcore in it i don't know some death metal type stuff i don't know it's just i don't really try to write whatever i'm writing stuff i don't try to write like oh i want to make this like a hardcore song or something I, it's just like you're just having fun but, and playing around with different things yeah, it's like how I want it to make me feel as well. Like I want this mm. part. Like, oh, this is very suspenseful. I want the next part to go like bum 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 bum, and then see everyone just fucking, you know, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think like, um, and, and and we didn't say it at the top of the episode, but um, how old are you right now? As far as the time of recording this goes, uh, seventeen. Seventeen. So, have you have you even graduated yet? no uh this is your last year yep got you okay yeah and i think like when you're that age and you're playing music it like it should be that free to like totally flip the switch versus like trying to like stick to one thing um you know i i think like it sounds like there's a new version of set straight coming down the pipe but like i i liked that you guys like went in that direction at least for the demo to you know kind of stick to maybe more of the roots and you know not to say that you can only box yourself in like this is the only style of heavy music that we can do um but i do think that it, it is cool and i think any band um if you're that early on in your like musical ventures should just have fun and like write the really fast song write the like super slow and down tempo kind of shit so like yeah being able to play around with that is you you're on the right path in my opinion yeah uh yeah i just like i don't know i feel the same kind of way it's like we're young i don't know we don't have a huge following or anything so it's just like try 
to figure out like what we're doing and everything, just have fun with what we're doing. I think eventually we're going to land on something that we feel really good about and everything. We're going to stick sure. with it for now. We're just like doing everything, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, you know, being able to, to, to taste different things when it comes to music and then you're like, Hey, this is actually what I want to do. And, uh, you know, stick with it. Like you said, that being said, um, you know, I, I remember when Zach came on the podcast, we were just talking about just like how, again, how important it is to have the youth focus on for hardcore, whether it's like, you know, a giving those bands, um, those, those, those bigger opportunities versus, you know, people that have been in bands for years, uh, but also like supporting those, uh, groups. Uh, I'm kind of curious, like, are there other, like, maybe younger bands that, you know, that you've either connected with because you're like, oh, we're like, you know, both in high school and, and doing this or whatever, um, either within the Calgary space or even on a, on a larger scale that you're like, more people need to m know about this band and maybe they're not giving them as much a chance because they're like the young kids or whatever. Um, hmm, that's... Well, I mean, I've had like other friends that I've met that are in bands and stuff like that. It's never like they're usually like super into like Slayer or something or okay. like trying to you know like that. Like it's hard for me to find people that are like like hard like into hardcore or like in that sort of realm. Um, I don't know. It's difficult. Like I don't really know a whole lot of like bands from around here that are doing are trying to do a similar thing like um i'm sure there's plenty out there but i think there's just a lot of them that maybe um aren't like too particularly present on social media or like especially right now with the pandemic like playing live or anything so yeah uh yeah i don't know i think there's like not a whole lot of the like i feel like there could be a lot more kids playing but um i don't know i think with the way that pop culture is shifting i don't know like hard hardcore tiktok is a thing now apparently um <laughs> yeah yeah from like the tsunami shows that they're playing in california like all that stuff <laughs> mm, i see okay yeah i don't know and, yeah and maybe it's like bands like mace and set straight are like the the first of many when it comes to like you know be because without those bands in my opinion like there is no like inspiration on the younger side to like well like i see all these bands doing it and that's cool but like i need to be able to identify with that person on stage whether it's like the age or the color of their skin like there, there are so many things at play when it comes to um inspiring people to to get involved and start bands and, and do shit within within the scene and um yeah i think i think you know with how society is shifting where it isn't as much of like i i feel like there are so many things to like capture a, a young person's attention whether it's like social media like you were saying or, or tiktok um mm -hmm. so i think like being able to actually get in front of people and being like hey come to this hardcore show that I'm playing or like come see my band or whatever it is. Um, and, or like you were saying, like introducing people, like if people are on TikTok, it's just a, that's just a place where there's attention right now. So if you're able to like 
show someone, uh, you know, a tsunami TikTok, uh, and they're like, oh, this this looks crazy. And then you're like, yeah, we have stuff here in Calgary. And then they're like, oh, I'm definitely going to come check it out or whatever it is. Like, I don't think yeah. that there's any shame or a lack of value there. It doesn't need to be like, I need to place this legendary hardcore record in your hands. And if you don't feel something, then you shouldn't be at shows or whatever. Like, I think it's just a matter of like being able to intercept people and then like catch their attention with something visual or like something really, you know, crazy that happened at, at a certain set or and then that's how that like you know breadcrumb trail starts to build yeah well one thing i think is really cool about hardcore is that there's like or not like specifically hardcore but like a lot of the people that like hardcore and like other things similar to hardcore like mm -hmm. i don't know death metal um there's a lot of influence in hardcore yeah so i think that there's a lot of different things for a lot of different people mm -hmm. uh generally whenever i try to show someone a hardcore band like i don't know there'll be someone like um i don't know i listen to like rock or something like just something like like maybe i'll turn i'll show them some like dare or some turnstile or something it's not like super heavy it's just something that's like it's upbeat it's fun it's cool you know right. it's something yeah and yeah, I don't know. I think there's like a lot of different elements that go into making these different um, different sounds and different styles and stuff that I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of things that people can relate to. But everyone at the same time, I think all, everyone always shuts it down because everyone's like, oh, it's heavy. Oh, it's screaming. Ah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if you're able to catch capture someone's attention and then like you kind of skip that like, oh, it's screaming or like it's loud or whatever. Like if you're like, okay, if you can get past that and I can intrigue you with like this crazy live set or like, you know, this really cool music video that I saw or like anything like that, then it's like, okay, now we can actually, you know, do some real work when it comes to like um, showing you the the hardcore way. Um, and, and like you said, like, you know, we've kind of repeated it a couple of times, like, if someone's like, I like Slayer or Metallica, like maybe going a little too deep and showing them like I am might not like hit them. But if showing them Power Trip is like a little bit closer to that, you know what I'm saying? Like same yeah. thing with like, you know, if someone likes Disturbed, maybe don't throw them like Purity, but like show, show them like, you know, something in between. Um, you know, when when you were saying the rock stuff, I was immediately thinking about um absence of minds record because it is like very like almost like like dad rock influence there's a lots of like guitar and uh uh chorus and like things like that so like um mm. yeah I, I think it's about being a being knowledgeable enough about the scene where you can like make good recommendations but be also like be strategic of like hey like what are the cool things that i can show my friends that are like know about heavy music but um, maybe like it's like they it's 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 like those bands that have like songs where they scream for like one verse, but everything else is singing. It's like, OK, how do I uh, navigate that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Brock, this has been a really fun call. Uh, we can start to wrap up the show here. But um, the last uh, section of the podcast, as I'm sure you know, is a favorite um, mosh story that you would like to share. 
So um, that could be anything that's first your mind, something that happened to you, something that you saw at a show, um, you know, something that happened at a set straight show, whatever's the first thing uh, that you think of is uh, kind of how we start to wrap up. Well, it's nothing particularly crazy that I've experienced or anything. I think just like the most energetic show, like, and then also like the most moshing I've experienced mm. uh, in person is like, Whenever sanction in vain and like uh, uh, serration and fuming mouth played here, yeah, like that was like that was crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't really or actually Ben the drummer associate before I played okay. at that show. Um, the bassist of Vain uh fucking spin kicked the shit out of this dude's head like broke his nose and everything like oh i remember the moment um yes because that was during sanction i'm pretty sure or it might have been fuming mouth but i remember he got in there and he was like i don't care if this is not my scene i'm going as hard as i would back home and just was just demolishing kids so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was pretty crazy that was sick um felt bad for Ben, but at the same time, you got, like, pretty sure they offer him, like, some sort of free merch or something, so, like, right on, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you take one <laughs> kick, and then you might get a free shirt or something out of it. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, Brock, again, this has been really fun. Uh, it's been great to catch up, because, again, like, I... I think the last time I saw you was probably at that, um, at that Neverland show, which was over a year ago, so I hope yeah. that we can see each other sooner than later. Um, but if there's anything that you want to shout out, plug, or send the people off with before we wrap up the episode, the floor is yours, my friend. Uh, well, to sum it up, shout out Mace, shout out Set Street, shout out Calgary Hardcore, um, shout out Canada Hardcore, um, shout out Scoped Exposure for showing hardcore to the world. I really like that shit. I appreciate that shit. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love all the kind words. Um, so shout out to you, Brock, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me.